If we haven't met yet, my name's Andrew. I'm one of the pastors here. Thank you, Michael, for being here, worshiping with us, man, on New Year's Day. This is the best. Okay, so um, this is our custom of just reading the scriptures together. So if you're near a loved one, just put your hand in their hand or put your arm around them, and then let's give our attention to the scripture. Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above, where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. For you died, and your life is now hidden with Christ in God. When Christ, who is your life, appears, then you will also appear with him in glory. Amen. This is the word of the Lord. Go ahead and have a seat. Amen. I love those words to shape our year. Your time is very valuable. And I'm just super happy that you chose to spend the first couple of hours of your 2023 here with us, worshiping Jesus. Obviously, I think it's a great choice. Otherwise, I wouldn't be here. But I also think uh, that you being here is symbolic. You coming here today, I think it speaks to what your 2023 could be. Now, I'm not saying that I think you should spend the majority of your year here inside the church walls, but I am saying that you could invest the best of your time, your energy, your attention, and your affection on Jesus. And this is at the very center of Colossians 3. What will you set your heart on? What will you set your mind on this year? Now, we live in a world that's largely outside of your control and has tons of ideas about what you should be setting your heart on. For example, your future wealth or maintaining your sex appeal or your lifestyle of ease and comfort, just to name a few. That's probably always been the case, but the 21st century is very, very different from generations past. Today we live in the attention economy where advertisers and media companies are using algorithms and the technology that you always have to compete for your attention. And in this economy, you're not the customer. You're the product. It's your time and it's your attention that's being bought and sold. On average, between five to seven non-work hours per day. So here's the good news. The good news is what you set your heart on and what you set your mind on is in the realm of your control. According to Colossians 3, you can decide. You're the one who gets to decide what you cultivate love in your heart for. Earthly things or things above where Christ is. You decide the first thing you do every morning. You decide what fills your imagination as you drift off to sleep at night. You decide who you worship and what your rhythms of worship will be. You decide how much time that you're going to devote to media and to entertainment, to the outdoors, to news, to dating apps, to whatever. All of that is within your power to control. So if there's one truth from this scripture that we just read that I hope you carry into 2023, it's that your affection and that your time are way too valuable to squander on something less than God. 
Your affection and your time are way too valuable for you to squander on something less than God. He is worthy of whatever time that we all have left. A few verses prior to the verses we read, it says, In him are hidden all of the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. This is what your year could be. Your year could be filled with exploring the unsearchable treasures of God's glory. <laughs> like, would that be enough for you? If you could explore the storehouses of God's love and grace and mercy, spending time with him, exploring how good he is, the riches of his love towards you, and then, of course, how he's uniting all things in heaven and on earth under Christ. And that's what we're calling this year, 2023, the year of undivided devotion to King Jesus. And this is what I want to get to, and I'm so thrilled about. I cannot wait to share with you how, what you can expect from Riverbend in the coming year. Before I do that, though, I just want to very quickly look back over 2022 and just remember some of the good things that God has done. You may know this, the most common command in scripture is do not be afraid. The second most common command in scripture is remember. Remember what God has done because it shapes what he's doing in the future. So anyways, we're gonna look back very quickly over the last 12 months because God has done so much for us and I just wanna testify, he's been so active, he's done so much and I just can't wait to share with you just a little bit about that. So looking back on 2022, here are just a few of the highlights. Uh, we, first of all, we studied Galatians together, and what I saw as we went exegetically through the letter to the Galatians, we saw God like catalyze our hearts for the true gospel and help strengthen our family bonds, that there's going to be no secondary issue that becomes primary and threatens to drive us apart. We are Jesus people, and that is who we are. We also hosted a really, I think, successful round of Alpha, and Alpha is 10 weeks of conversations around faith. And Alpha is the primary way that we at Riverbend tell others about Jesus and invite them into relationship with Jesus. And this round in 2022, we saw several people meet Jesus through Alpha, which was a huge win in my book. Dozens of us, too, got closer to him and also uh, to each other. For, for example, there's actually a, a couple that met at Alpha and now they're engaged to be married, Spencer and Tori, who happened to be here, which is so cool. We had another couple that were already dating when they came to Alpha, but now they're engaged to be married. That's Cody and Rachel, which is so amazing. Much more coming in the coming year in 2023 on Alpha. We also launched several successful, amazing communities uh, uh, through our Community Basics class, and every single week people are practicing the way of Jesus together from house to house. We plan on launching another one of those communities in January and probably five to six more in 2023. We also expanded our partnership with Justice, Compassion, and Hope, which, as you know, if you've been around, works to prevent sex trafficking in northern Brazil. This year, we were able to raise about over $15,000 to support their work, which was enough to build a home for a family of orphans who were being trafficked. And now those kids, because of your generosity and because of God's goodness to us, are living um, uh, with their adult sister in a safe home, 
where they are no longer vulnerable for being trafficked. We're also able to raise another five or so thousand dollars uh, to support the operational cost of their ministry and our desire. We want to do way, way more in 2023 because with our little bit that we're able to give, it has an incredible impact. Also, uh, we, in 2022, we've been able to be the hands and feet of Jesus uh, to the poor in our own community. Um, and we have greatly been able to greatly increase our benevolence fund, which is basically the way that we help pay for people's rent and utilities and counseling services and even things like vet bills and hotel stays for the houseless community and clothes and bunch of sleeping bags and winter coats and the basic food, gas, groceries, all of that stuff. A car was donated to a woman in our community this year and now she can drive to work and her life is self-sustaining, which is so beautiful. And one of the things that we discovered through all of this is that the scripture is true. It's better to give than it is to receive. Also in 2022, our youth team led by Sam, who I'm really happy to see here today because uh, his family has just grown. They have a, a little baby Jack, but um, yeah, I'm so glad to see you guys. Sam, uh, along with the youth team, has done an incredible job growing uh, our youth ministry and making disciples of our middle schoolers and high schoolers here at Riverbend. And it's been amazing to see the work that God is doing and how that is growing and the growth of our students, not just the number of kids who are coming to youth group, although that has like tripled or quadrupled in size in the last year. Um, it's been amazing to see the growth of the students in their discipleship to Jesus. Much, much, much more to come in 2023. Uh, very quickly, we also had our first men's retreat ever. I had dreams of doing a men's retreat for a long time. We just never had the, the leadership or the resources for it. And just this year, uh, over 40 guys went out into the wilderness and we just spent a bunch of time with each other studying the scriptures and getting closer to each other. And I was so excited. God raised up guys like Stephen Desch and others of you and you guys did a phenomenal, sensational job. And I know that many men are still impacted by that time that we spent away. More to come with that in the coming year. Also, our women's team, led by Bree, crushed it, killed it this year. You guys expanded the vision, and I was a fly on the wall in a couple of the events that you guys did, and I was super jealous. For the first time in my life, I'm not a woman. I couldn't be a part of those gatherings, but it was just absolutely awesome. Also, another huge deal is dozens of you signed up to serve. Uh, for our 11 a.m. gathering so that we can open kids' classes to the 11 a.m. gathering, which was like nine months in the making. Uh, Eva, our kids' leader, uh, was the one who kind of spearheaded that effort. And now at our 11 a.m. gatherings, we have kids' service, which is, ins it's just awesome. It's amazing. And by the way, Eva, just last night, had her baby, which was so cool. So that's incredible as well. The next one may seem small to you, but for me, it's actually a really big deal. We finally restored the baptismal that had been years and years um, not operational. We were able to get it operational for the first time in our, in our history. This thing has not been functional for, for decades. Um, Steve and my dad, Lewis, uh, put in a lot of work trying to solving complex problems so that we can do it now. And baptisms, as you know, it's just this incredible way that we are able uh, to uh, walk in obedience to King Jesus. And to me, it's more than just having a place where we can dunk people. For me, it's actually about uh, reclaiming the symbol that this place and this community is a place where Jesus is worshiped and his people are alive and we're walking in obedience to him. 
In 2022, also, uh, it began for me as a prayer that God would addict you to his presence. And by that, I just mean that you would not be able to deny him or turn away from him, that you would have a hunger and a desire for him like you've never had before. And I think he really answered that prayer for some of you. And it's been really, really cool, particularly in our fall prayer series. I know many of you began a daily prayer rhythm or deepened your daily prayer rhythm. I know many of you began listening for and hearing the voice of God for the first time in your lives, which is absolutely beautiful. We have way more planned for the coming year on that we also launched Riverbend at Night, which has been on my dream board for years, and I finally got to do it because we had the resources and the time to get it done. If you're not aware, Riverbend at Night is our Sunday evening gathering for spiritual formation, and personally, it's exceeded my expectation and hopes, not in terms of like the turnout or the hype or anything like that, but in terms of the transformation and life change for those who've been a part of it, it has been incredible. These gatherings are intimate, they're interactive, they're practice-based, and we are seeing people trust in Jesus. We're seeing people filled with the Holy Spirit. We're seeing people take massive strides in their discipleship to Jesus. People actually receive healing and deliverance and freedom in Jesus' name. And we're also finding rich community where we actually practice the way of Jesus together, not just talk about it with nice ideas. To me, it is a huge win and an amazing thing that God has done. And finally, what, one of the other highlights, and, and, and honestly, we could go on and on about the highlights from 2022, but the last one that I want to just mention is that over the last year, uh, we have expanded our ministry of spiritual direction by like 300% or more. And that started because I was just seeing this tidal wave of the emotional health epidemic that's been sweeping our area coming here to us. And at the same time, our area is like painfully underserved and competent counselors. Now, I'm not a counselor and I'm not gifted in it at all, but I don't want to ever turn people away who are going through a crisis because Jesus doesn't do that. He doesn't send people away with no options. He is a God of compassion. He's a great counselor. And so because he is that way, we also want to be that way too. So we don't turn away people who are in crisis. It's just not something we do. So our solution for that is what we call spiritual direction, which is guided prayer through scripture where we invite God into the pain of our story and perhaps our sin, and then we ask him where he wants to begin healing first. This has been, I feel kind of selfish, like I'm the one who gets to do it the most because it's just absolutely remarkable. It has been life-changing for many of you, and it's a success, I think, every single time that we do it. As long as we approach God with a tiny bit of faith and a little bit of trust in me or Grace or Brittany or whoever's leading the session, God is always with us, and it becomes immediately and abundantly clear. We've seen a massive increase. I mean, exponential, I can't even chart it. Exponential increase in the confession of sin, the prophetic voice of God, the miraculous, and people turning to Jesus in 2022. And we've seen all of that through our spiritual direction ministry, which I think is the perfect segue to talk a little bit about where we're going in the coming year, because those things that I just mentioned, the confession of sin, the, the, mirac uh, the prophetic voice of God, the miraculous, and people turning to Jesus are all components, they're all necessary ingredients in the spiritual awakenings and revivals of Western civilization. So every time you see uh, any kind of spiritual awakening, you see it is accompanied by a holiness amongst the people of God, a contrite heart when it comes to sin, 
the prophetic voice of God, the miraculous, and people turning to Jesus. And so I think that this is where we are headed as a church. So looking ahead to 2023, um, I have a lot of excitement. A couple months ago, um, I was at the 24-7 prayer conference in Portland. And when I was there, we were in a time of worship and prayer. And all of a sudden... Um, I had this kind of thought come over me, and I think it was from the Spirit. I never added it up before, but the Lord revealed to me that we had been praying at the time for six years and nine months for spiritual awakening in Central Oregon. And that, I had never added it up before, but it, in that moment, it all of a sudden became really, really clear. And then I sensed, and I, I say this very cautiously because I know when we talk about the voice of God and everything else, we need to be careful about what we actually mean and what we actually say. But I genuinely feel that I was hearing from God at the moment, and he was saying to me that year seven was going to be different. Year seven is going to be different. And I want to explain to you what I think that means, but I also want you to know that this gathering right here, right now, January 1, 2023, is day one of year seven for us as a church and us praying for spiritual awakening in Central Oregon. And so um, I think what that means for us is that our positioning and how we pray is shifting to what we call contending prayer. Um, uh, if you're familiar with the book uh, Reappearing Church by Mark Sayers, he wrote this great book on what he talked, where he talks about like the patterns for revival and spiritual awakening. And one of the things that he talks about is a holy discontent amongst a remnant of the people of God, where anytime you see an awakening or a revival to the gospel about Jesus, you see a small group of people who are resilient in their prayers to see God do something in their time and in their geography. And I'm seeing that in many of your eyes as we gather and as we pray. I'm seeing many of you say, you know what? I'm not content to just read about God doing incredible things in faraway places in previous generations. I want to see God move in our time. So this is the shift that's coming in our prayer culture. We are shifting to a culture of contending prayer. And specifically, I think we're praying into three things, which we're going to be talking about on Sundays periodically, and especially if you come to our prayer gatherings, we're going to be talking about this as well. But the, the three things that we're praying into is for God to break up the false images of him that we have in our minds, and for him to replace that with the true vision of who Jesus is himself. We're also praying for him to demolish spiritual strongholds of apathy and cynicism, and God has spoken to me a lot about that in these last couple of months since the 24-7 prayer conference. And in place of those strongholds of apathy and cynicism, I believe what God wants to replace that with is an undignified abandon and desire for God as a matter of first importance in life. And I think that that's what he's doing with us, his people. And number three... We believe that God wants to expose the idols of our culture as failed gods and replace them with a radical commitment uh, amongst his people for unity and for holiness. So this is the shift that's coming in our prayer culture, and I hope you can begin to experience that and see that as we begin to, or as we continue to pray now in year seven for spiritual awakening. 
Uh, one last thought on that. As I was um, just listening to the Lord about this and doing some of my own sort of quiet contemplation and prayer, I was brought to the story of Jericho. And you might remember that um, the people of God marched around Jericho for six days, and they did so quietly. And then on the seventh day, God told them, leave behind all the weapons of war and instead take your worship instruments. And now I want you to begin walking around these walls and begin to sing praise to me. And what happened when the people of God did that is the walls of Jericho came crumbling down. And I think that that might be representative and symbolic of what God wants to do with the spiritual strongholds in our culture. And I think that more than ever before, this has always been the case, but more than ever before for us, prayer and worship are going hand in hand with the scripture. I think in the coming year, I'm not exactly sure how this is going to play out yet, but I think we're gonna start singing our prayers. And I think we need to do much, much more of that. And my dream is that that will begin to take place. So one final thing on prayer before I just close us, which I'll do in just a few minutes, is that um, during Lent this year, we're gonna be doing a 24-7 prayer room uh, where we pray all around the clock for 40 days uh, for spiritual awakening. And so we wanna encourage you to start thinking about this. This will be at the end of February through till about Easter, April 6th. And what we're gonna do is we're gonna have a room in the church that's dedicated for prayer. You'll be able to go online and register yourself for an hour of prayer at any time of day, whenever you have off from work or whatever. And you can come into a creative space that we will have curated for you to seek God's presence and to contend for awakening. I'm so thrilled for this. Um, I'm gonna, you're gonna hear about it a lot over the next couple of months because I'm just so jacked, you're not gonna be able to get me to shut up about it. Um, also, um, finally, before we're done, uh, I'm excited to announce that we're also going to be going into a, an exegetical series on the book of Genesis. We're calling this uh, Origins. Alistair McIntyre, who's a Scottish uh, philosopher, he said, you cannot answer the question, who am I, without first answering the question, what story or stories am I a part of? And sort of our, a lot of our rootlessness and a lot of our lack of fragility of discipleship in the Western church, I think, has to do with our lack of understanding about our origin story and what God had in mind from the very beginning. So we're going to be looking at this entire book, 50 chapters, uh, the book of Genesis. But since it's such a big book, we're going to be focusing on a couple of different motifs that we find throughout the entire book. God's character, his original design for humanity, his righteousness and justice, and then how he partners with the family to redeem the world. Genuinely, I have not been more excited for a teaching series in a really long time. We're also gonna be taking some time this year to find biblical clarity on Jesus's sexual ethic and learn from him on sexual formation. So we're gonna be talking about singleness, marriage, sex, dating, pornography, if this is the year of undivided devotion, then we have to talk about sex because the over-sexualization of Western culture has colonized the church in a serious way. And so for us, in order to be like free of idol worship and following Jesus with a whole heart, we need to deal with sex and sexual formation. So we're not coming at this from an angle of shame or fear or anything like that. We're coming at this from the angle of grace and formation. Like Jesus, we need to learn how to live free from sexual immorality and to walk in obedience with him. Finally, 
We're also building out our kitchen. Thank you to those of you who've given generously for that. We can step into hospitality in all the ways that we've wanted to do. And our goals uh, for 2023 and everything we do are these. We want to make resilient disciples. We need more than morals and willpower to be transformed into the image of Christ. We need grace-filled and we need spirit-filled practices from the way of Jesus that reform our lives from top to bottom. And that's exactly what we get from Jesus. So this is what you can expect from our gatherings, not just morals and offering more willpower, but actually giving you practical, grace-filled, spirit-filled practices from Jesus. You can also expect this from Riverbend at night. Whenever you come in for, for spiritual direction, for men's and women's events and youth events and everything else, we want to become a community with a robust model for discipleship. Number two, we want to be courageous in our orthodoxy. This is another goal of ours. In, our, in an age of fear and theological compromise and ethical compromise, we want to be, remain really committed to the gospel of Jesus with joy and with boldness. So we're going to remain committed to the ethics of the kingdom, particularly in our sexuality, in our devotion to scripture, how we manage our money, and things like this. And I, I believe that the church has been wanting to comment on secular culture and hypocrisy in our culture for a really long time, but I frankly do not believe that we have the credibility to do so until we have real integrity inside of the church. So it has to start with our hearts being fully undivided to King Jesus, which is our final goal. We want to be uh, undivided in our devotion to Jesus. That's what this year is, the year of undivided devotion. So we want to love God with all of ourselves, which means that we need to be savvy about the idols of our culture, the strongholds in our culture, so that we can truly serve our one master. So this is what you can expect to hear from us. We want to lead you into uh, deeper into the life of Christ in wisdom and in love. So this is what you can expect to see from us. All of that was just a very quick overview of where God has taken us and where we're going in the coming year. Uh, but I want to just leave you with a couple Quick reflections. What will this year be about for you? Your time is valuable. Cannot serve two masters. What is this year going to be about for you? How are you going to invest your time, your attention, your affection? What are you going to be devoted to? What are your rhythms of worship going to be? See, these are the questions that we need to wrestle through ourselves. So take the overview, hopefully as grace from God, even excitement for what's coming, but consider these questions and start practicing the way of Jesus with us. What is this year gonna be about for you? Where are you gonna invest your time? What are you gonna be devoted to? What will your rhythms of worship be? With that, let's uh, stand together and let's begin this year by giving our hearts an undevoted devotion to Jesus. So the worship team is going to come back up, and we're just going to move into a couple rhythms of prayer right now. And for those of you who are new to us, um, and even if you've been around, we might be doing a few things in these prayer rhythms that might be sort of out of the ordinary for you. But what we really want to do is just create some space for you to be, make this resolve in your heart, make this commitment in your heart that this is gonna be a, the year for you of complete, undivided, 
devotion to Jesus. And so we want to encourage you, our kids are in the gathering today. That's by design. And we just want to encourage you to look to the people to your left and right and to realize that you are actually a part of a community. You're an individual, but you're also a part of a community. And in this community, we want to not just pray for ourselves, not just have our individual goals, but we want to pray for one another. So let us begin just by turning our attention to the Lord, turning our focus to Him.